welcome back to the Broken Images podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm the host of this podcast. And in this show, um, this entire brand is aimed at encouraging you to understand the reality of sin while obediently walking in your identity in Christ. Engaging topics from life, theology, culture, and the Bible in a post-Christian world. Um, the I love Jesus, but I hate the church narrative has become a commonplace within the Christian culture today. Library shelves of books and articles have been written about this issue. Um, Facebook posts and tweets, uh, the anti-church brand of Christianity are rampant at this point. And for most of the part, it has become increasingly accepted as a viable option um, of living out your Christian faith. That as long as you love Jesus, you're good. But... The question is, is that really biblical? Recently, more like it was kind of a while ago because I've been working on this for a while. I put a poll on Instagram asking the question, can you love Jesus and hate the church? This question is always a hot topic. It's always talked about within Christian community. And I want to give some of these results. Um, obviously not name any names, but get into it, what this actually means. So I got 93 responses. 43 people said no. That you cannot love Jesus and hate the church. And 43 people said, yes, you can. I was honestly surprised. I was expecting more people to say that you can hate the church and love Jesus. And then there were some people that, that gave responses, some, some answers, some reasoning behind their points. Um, some said, I can be frustrated with the way leaders interpret the teachings but not hate the body. Sometimes they're not like how church behaves, but I believe compelled to love the people. The hatred of people has no place among the heart of a follower and professor of Jesus. Hate, probably not. Disagree and disassociate, I think so. Can't love his body and hate his people. Uh, the church can often be manipulated sometimes. Church leaders are abusive. Just because you disagree with the church doesn't mean you hate Jesus. Just because the church was created by God doesn't mean man can't pervert it. People mess up and the church is filled with sin, but Jesus is perfect. Uh, you can love Jesus and critique the structure of the church, but you can't hate the people of God. Um, who do you think Jesus is coming back for? His church. I think uh, you're pretty great, but to be honest, your wife sucks. I kind of hate her, actually. The LGBTQ community is often ostracized by the church because of its mistranslation and hate. The church is uh, often messed up ideals. And doesn't support many different people. The church is ordained by God. We're called to be a part of it. No hate found in Christianity. The church is the bride of Christ. You gotta love the whole fam, etc. And I love seeing these answers. I really did love it. I, it was interesting going through them and reading them. And I thought they were very honest responses. And I see the perspectives of every single one of them. And I want to look at some themes that I see throughout. First theme, there's no hate found in a Jesus follower. Especially hating the people of God. Second is the church is messed up and full of broken people doing sinful things. And the second, you can't hate the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. You're hating yourself or Christ's bride. And so let's address these. First, hate. Intense or passionate dislike. There is absolutely no hate found in a follower of Jesus, especially hating the people of God. 1 John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar, for he does not love God. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. 
you're simply deceiving yourself if you believe that you can love God and hate your brother. Um, there, there are many passages in John, First John, where it talks about love and hate, and and there's a verse, I believe it's in First John two, and it talks about this idea that if you lo- say you love God, but you you actively are hating your brother in Christ, hating someone that's a part of God's family, that you are not in the light, that you are not saved is what it's saying. Because that, that, that doesn't mix. And I'm not saying if you've hated somebody that you're not a Christian. But what I am saying is, John emphasizes that, hey, you say you love God, but you hate the people of God. How can that coexist? And maybe you don't hate the people of God. Maybe you just hate the church as an organization. Either way, love is enduring, hate is crippling. Hate is going to consume you. It's going to drive your thoughts, your motives, your actions. And so hate cannot be found within a Christian. That is something that cannot happen anywhere, in any subject, any place. It doesn't matter. No hate can be found within a follower of Christ. We would, we would be hypocrites to say that you follow Jesus, but you hate blank. The second one is the church is messed up. It's full of broken people doing sinful things. Amen. <laughs> like, it's actually kind of insane. Like, I would like to acknowledge this because it's true. It's important to address this issue. The church is not perfect by any means. It's actually the opposite of perfect in the sense of on earth right now. There have been horrible, horrible things by churches done by churches and leaders of churches. I mean, recently, I'm talking recently, Hillsong Church has been kind of blowing up in the news. Why? Because they've had like three pastors, lead campus pastors, fall into sexual immorality and, and abuse or exploit or, or have affairs or just do these terrible things. You have people, like, uh, someone like Ravi Zacharias, who's this seemingly like this um, current generation father of the faith who is this amazing apologist amazing gospel speaker and he's just exploiting and abusing women all around the world right that is so hypocritical and that's so messed up and a lot of people associate those type of people with the church and so this needs to be said that there's brokenness and sin within the church and the Church has hurt people. And and when I say church, I am typically talking about the local church or the church of, that we think of in the American evangelical church, um, kind of church culture a little bit. There's people that I know, that I'm friends with, that I work with, uh, that I meet all the time that have been hurt by the church. I mean, it's pretty common at this point to be hurt by the church. And often people say they hate the church because of the damage done by the church, which we have to address. The church has done these terrible, corrupt things. Like, just to name a few, the way that we have um, treated the, the LGBTQ community, shaming them, not loving them, even outright hating and showing hate towards them. Um, 
not being vocal and active in, in racial injustice or any injustice for that matter, being to America first and Jesus second, being so wrapped up in politics, right? Prosperity and health and wealth gospels. Like these are the idols of the American church, which I want to address. I'll do a series on it um, in a few months called American Idol. Uh, talking about the idols that the American church has that have disillusioned the church, right? And what we need to talk about that. And that's just to name a few things. There are so many more, but this has to be talked about. It's an issue, and I think the church has some reforming back to what Jesus says about the church to do. Believe me, there are so many hypocrites within the church. And my friends, there's room for one more. What do I mean? I mean everyone in the church is a sinner. This is not some cop-out. I'm not saying that it's okay, but this is somewhat of an explanation of why. We all fall short of the glory of God. We are not good. We are evil and corrupt people by nature that seeps out into how we operate in a church setting slash culture. The church is made up of broken, broken people and led by broken people. That's not an excuse for those to bring forth damage, but it does give us understanding that the church has done a lot of harm, but there is really, really good news people are not the head of the church not the universal church not the local church christ is in the book of ephesians when paul is talking about marriage he says that the husband is the head of the house as christ is the head of the church and the husband and wife combo is not what we're talking about today but but it 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 gives us this picture right that christ is the head of the church what does it mean? What does that mean? It doesn't mean that Christ bosses the church around in the sense of like, you do this because I'm in charge. Right? No, it's this loving leadership that Christ has. Both Colossians 1 and Ephesians 5 emphasize the leadership of Christ and his power. In Colossians, Christ is the head because he holds all things together. In Ephesians, Christ is the head because he is Savior. So I want to talk about the implications of this. See, everything in the church flows from Christ. He is the mind of the church and should be treated as such. The church has the grand opportunity of being led by a perfect mind. No one in the church has the ability to lead except under his leadership and authority. Man's ideas of the church are meaningless unless they are coming from the head. So if if the church got all these cool ideas and these fun ideas, but it's not coming from Christ, it doesn't mean anything. If you're not if we are not rightly related to the head and continually engaging with him, that's through prayer, that's through the word, then we have no hope for the church heading the right way, making right decisions and living properly in righteousness. Church leaders and members are required to constantly listen to the head's direction. The reason many churches are so dysfunctional and dying is that they have somewhere, somehow become disconnected from the head and are not following his leadership. Christ has to be has everything to gain by leaning well. By ordering those things that are going to bring health and life to his body. Why would he direct the body in ways that would destroy itself? It's clearly not Jesus that is leading the church in a way that is destroying itself, that's causing harm. It's not Christ. 
He is actively trying to lead us in righteousness. We must trust his directions, trust that they're trustworthy and good all the time, and we should obey them with glad submission. Every member of the body is the church and connected to him. We have to have unity among each other. If Christ is the head and we are part of the body, we have to be we are connected to him. Therefore, we have to be connected to each other. And one day, honestly, we'll be appalled by the ways that we ignore his leadership. We will be appalled. It is our job to continually seek the kingdom of God and pursue righteousness and holiness in our activity in the church. But wait, right? Wait, 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 wait a second. Who needs the local church when I have my sermons, my music, and my community the way I want them? A church At the church of the mirror, there is no conflict, no struggle, no disagreement, and no real unity. Why? Why do I bother? I can have everything I need. Jesse Rice captures the problem uh, at the center of this thinking. We'd rather be consumers of relationships, taking the parts we want and leaving out the parts we don't, than facing, uh, than face dealing with all homes, demands, and benefits. And so unfortunately, we scratch our heads and wonder why we see, can't seem to find the community experience we're looking for, all the while remaining willfully adolescent in our relational habits. What does this mean? There, there is the precious little humility in the church. The, the church. There is the very little asking, little listening, little understanding, and even less forgiveness. When the church spends on the axis of me, my needs, wants, preferences, and all, import, all important opinions, there is little room for anyone else, especially who doesn't agree with the views represented in my mirror, because those views are deeper than they appear. See, deconstruction, right, should always lead to reconstruction and reconciliation. These last two parts are key. Reconstruction, like if you are hurt by the church, whatever the case is, and you deconstruct your faith, you try to figure out what you believe and what you don't believe, do not abandon the church. Do not sit in your deconstruction. You have to reconstruct to a biblical worldview on everything. See, a lot of people become stuck in deconstruction and they never move on to the next phase. Like, they, they sit there and they're stuck there and they swim in it. They dive in and they stay there. But there has to be a reconstruction, a reforming, a going back to what the early church has believed and thought and what all of church history has believed and thought about the church. Which leads to the last and final point is reconciliation. And to that point, Jesus loves his church. And you should too. According to scripture, the bride, the church is the bride of Christ. We, When we speak poorly of the church, we're speaking of Jesus' bride. Think about that for a moment. Our condemning and hurtful comments directed at the church are addressed to the bride of our Savior. Do you suppose that Jesus is just fine with our angst? Do you believe he's happy with the insults that we so casually hurl at his bride? Do you think that he says, go ahead, fire away. Whatever you say is probably true. She's a loser. I never really loved her all that much anyway. Any man I know who even has a small amount of love, respect, and care and concern for his wife would be appalled. Like, I would never go up to a friend of mine. Be like, hey, bro, 
you know, I I love you, man. Like you're so great. You're the best. Like you're my best friend, man. I love you. But bro, like your wife, dude, I I hate her. Like she's horrible. My friend would slap me, hit me, whatever, and I would deserve it. Why? Because I'd be insulting his bride. And that's exactly what we're doing with Jesus. We're saying we love him, but we're insulting the very thing that he loves so dearly. The intriguing twist that I see in the I love Jesus, but I hate the church narrative is the two primary charges thrown at the bride of Christ. A judgmental spirit and a lack of forgiveness are the very issues that lie at the heart of the angst people have with the church. First, the spirit of judgment towards what the church hasn't been, hasn't done, and ought to be doing. Next, a spirit that lacks forgiveness for the grievances the church has intentionally and unintentionally done to its people. The pent-up anger and frustration directed at the church often begins with one big offense or a series of smaller offenses, wounds, and attacks that go undisclosed and or unforgiven. Over time, these, these offenses develop deep, twisted, tangled roots in the hearts and minds of the wounded. Bitterness has found its home. There, 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 there's no going away now. It's rooted in who we are. This belief that the church is horrible, that we need to hate it because of the hurt that it's done. But there is a solution. The solution is forgiveness. Unity is the result of a great deal of heart-wrenching, God-seeking, others-forgiving effort. Jesus calls us to this immense personal and corporate challenge. To be unified, to forgive. I mean, we see displayed the greatest sign of forgiveness in the world. We didn't deserve forgiveness from Christ. But we were given forgiveness of our sins against the holy God. So, why are we unable to forgive the church? And I understand that there has been real hurt. There absolutely has, and I think it has to be addressed, has to be talked about. There has to be healing. Like, this is not an overnight type of process. It's not you instantly or be like, okay, it's over. I'm good. I get that that's not the case. But continually sitting in that wound, attack, the the victim mentality of the church has hurt me, therefore I'm done with the church, will do nothing but harm you. And I'll, I'll go as far as to say is you're not following God's will, Christ's plan for your life. Because if you are a part of his body, he wants you actively engaging with it. He wants you loving it, serving it, um, caring for it, not hating it. The church needs you. The whole reason that we see this illustration that Jesus is the head and where the body is that God is up front. And he's the one that's in charge. He's the one directing and making decisions. But guess what? He wants to use us. But he 
God cannot use us to do his work in the for the kingdom of God if we're so busy hating ourselves. You realize that not only is hating the church, hating Jesus' bride, but if you're a Christian, you are part of the church, you're just hating yourself. You're hating who you are because you are a part of the church. That's a part of your identity. That you are a part of the bride of Christ. The church needs you. The church needs unity. The whole world is watching. So what are they going to say? What is the world going to say when they look at Christians who are like, I love Jesus. I love Jesus dearly. But that church that he says he's about, the church that he says that he loves, no, I'm not for that. What will the world think about that? We cannot hate the church and love Jesus. That, those two things do not coexist. Not in the slightest. You can be frustrated with what the church has done how it's hurt you absolutely but the local church the universal church the church the bride of christ the body of christ is to be loved by its people what you can do is continually pursue godliness and holiness to partner alongside the head of the church who is jesus to help sanctify his bride until we meet him face to face and I understand this doesn't cover everything, but this is just a short little synopsis of what I see and what I think we can do. We can love Jesus and be frustrated with this church, but we cannot hate it. So my challenge to you is, if that's you today, if that if it's you listening saying, gosh, I'm so fed up with the church, pray for the church. Pray for the people leading the church. Ask God for patience. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for the strength to forgive and realize that we're all a part of this issue called a broken church. And we need to do everything in our power to pursue holiness within it. Well, that's all we got for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Broken Images podcast today, talking about if you can love Jesus and hate the church. If you have any questions, you can message me, you can text me, whatever works. Follow us on Instagram at brknimages. Um, go to our link in our bio if you want to buy some merch, some stickers, support us in any way you can. Tell your friends. I uh, really appreciate uh, you listening, taking the time to listen to some of my thoughts. Um, I'm not an expert on anything by any means, but I just love teaching about the Word of God um, and God's people. So, thank you for listening. I love you guys. We'll see you next time.